This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's the size of Texas, Mr. President. Yes, sir. Dan, we didn't see this thing coming. Well, our object collision budget's a million dollars. That allows us to track about 3% of the sky. And begging your pardon, sir, but it's a big-ass sky. And the ones this morning? Uh, those are nothing. Uh, they're the size of basketballs and uh, Volkswagens, things like that. Is this going to hit us? We're efforting that as we speak, sir. What kind of damage are we Damage? Total, sir. It's what we call a global killer. The end of mankind. Doesn't matter where it hits. Nothing would survive, not even bacteria. My God. Bury the lead much? Yeah. My God. Oh, and by the way, it's a global killer. Uh, yeah. What kind of damage are we talking? Oh, uh, yeah. the, the whole world. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Really Did bad. I forget to mention that Love off the top? That. Really bad. Action movie rewind Nineties. in just a second. But you know what? Our friends at Corona, so we, uh, we've we really enjoyed our partnership with Corona and Corona Hard Seltzer all throughout the football season. They have kept us hydrated. They have, uh, they have helped us cope. And they're also helping you with this ultimate tailgate experience through the football playoffs. Get ready for this, okay? Sweepstakes will award six winners with a Corona game day prize pack valued at over $3,500, including a 70-inch TV, wireless surround system, football furniture, a football grill. Actually, it's a Corona grill. It's not shaped like a football, but it's a grill. I'm it's looking awesome. at it right now. Love it looks yeah. great. Yeah, oh, it's huge. Awesome. Yep. And then you got uh, the beanbag set, all kinds of cool things. The football furniture is really, if I could just pick one thing here, I've already got a couple TVs. Give me the football furniture. Football, oh, it's a helmet, too. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. It's great. So uh, details, rules, and entry can be found at gamedaywithcorona.com. If you want to enter gamedaywithcorona.com, you must be 21 or over and live within a 40-mile radius of Minneapolis. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes subject to change. Enter by January 18, 2021. We need like a sped-up version of me reading the uh, the fine print here. Corona beers imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Relax responsibly. I know if you have to go. We can all just sit here on Earth. Wait for this big rock to crash into it. Kill everything and everybody we know. The United States government just asked us to save the world. Anybody want to say no? 20 years. They haven't turned you down once. Not about to start now. Oh, there. Guess I can't let you go up there alone. I'm with you. I mean, this is this is historic. Guys, this is like deep blue hero stuff. Of course I'm in. <laughs> While I don't share his enthusiasm, you know me. Beam me up, Scotty. You all right, Max? I, I don't. I, I don't. Whatever you think. What about you? All right, then. We go. Welcome to the party, pal. Action Movie Reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Miss Tamper, 
Colonel Willie Sharp, United States Air Force man. Requesting permission to shake the hand of the daughter of the bravest man I've ever met. Oh my God! You're my hero. Oh, oh baby, I want to have babies. <laughs> oh. Welcome back, cowboy. Uh, Harry wanted you to have this. You did, huh? That actually happened to Judd after he walked out of uh, the Week 17 game of the 2010 yeah. Vikings season. Somebody greeted him and said, boy, after covering that season, I just want to shake the hand no of the bravest man I've ever met. Permission to shake the hand of the dumbest person I've ever run across. <laughs> So the movie is Action action Movie Rewind. It's our first episode of 2021. A bunch of people have asked uh, in recent weeks, I'm just discovering this for the first time. Where can I find the other episodes? Well, for now, you just have to go back and find the Friday edition of Mackie and Judd podcast. Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. The Pod MN app is another great place. So just go find those. At some point, we might catalog them in a separate feed, but that takes a lot of time and work and we're definitely busy we're busy so yeah. we'll, we'll do that at some point i'm busy yeah i mean that's gonna be I a like ridiculous project. Off that. yeah so we'll, we'll do that at some point all right but today's <laughs> deep dive is one of the 90s blockbuster classics one of the most expensive Classic. movies ever made armageddon 1998 here are the details boys when an asteroid threatens to collide with earth nasa honcho dan truman played by Billy Bob Thornton, magnificently, I might add, determines the only way to stop the asteroid is to drill into its surface and detonate a nuclear bomb. (laughs) This leads him to renowned driller Harry Stamper, (laughs) played by Bruce Willis, who agrees to helm the dangerous space mission, provided he can bring along his own hotshot crew. Among them is the cocksure AJ, played by Ben Affleck and his new teeth, which we'll get to, <laughs> who Harry thinks isn't good enough for his daughter, Liv Tyler, we'll until the mission proves otherwise. <laughs> it's saving the world. It's building lasting, loving relationships. It's mending fences. It's 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Criminally low. Here's the critic. It, it won Bruce Arazi For a worst performance. For a worst performance. <laughs> they had multiple nominations. <laughs> Here's the critics' consensus from Rotten Tomatoes. Lovely to look at, but about as intelligent as the asteroid that serves as the movie's antagonist. (laughs) Armageddon slickly sums up the cinematic legacies of producer Jerry Bruckheimer (laughs) and director Michael Bay. A $140 million budget, which may have been... can't remember. We had that list before. At the time, it was like one of, if not the most expensive movies of all time. Yep. Turned into $554 million worldwide at the box office. So it was a blockbuster uh, box office hit. Liv Tyler, Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, Billy Bob Thornton, Will Patton, a year before Remember the Titans, uh, Steve Buscemi, Michael Clark Duncan, Owen Wilson, and others. Directed and produced, as mentioned, by Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer, kings of the big budget action movies during this era and even in the 80s with uh, Bruckheimer. 
Previous to this, in the in the couple years prior, they had both collaborated on The Rock and Bad Boys, and so they were they were feeling themselves. Yeah. Well, they had done this a good was, job. Yeah, this was had. a heat check movie for them. Let's get one hundred forty million dollars. <laughs> they got let's their make big it, check. Let's make it as long as Gone with the Wind. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> we'll start with Judd Zolgad. What was your key takeaway from Armageddon? Oh boy. Sorry for going 30 minutes over your two-hour limit. 30 too. minutes over, and it was completely <laughs> unnecessary. Oh, Com- come on. Completely unnecessary. What do you mean? So my takeaway was this. This is the danger of having a budget that continually, I believe, gets added to as the film goes on. Hey, oh, here's $100 million. Oh, you want $30 million? That's fine. With huge names. Because it had huge names. And a desire to continue to write and put in special effects throughout the entire film. You could hear the conversations internally, right? Yeah, what should we do here? You know what? Let's write in a scene where we give the guys a night off and do more backstory that we really don't need. But yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. One more casino scene. Hold, Yeah. Hold on a second here. That's not enough. You're right. Let's write in a scene where they're about to leave and Ben Affleck sings to Liv Tyler leaving on a jet plane and everybody joins in. It'll be great. It's, oh. a, it's great. Yeah, you know what? Let's write that in. That was a great scene. It showed how emotionally connected yeah, the man. two characters were. Hold on a second. Okay, so to start the film, we killed we killed the guys in space uh, because the asteroid hit them. We then blew up a large portion of New York. That's not enough. Let's blow up Shanghai and Paris, too, and show it in 1998 special effects, which back then was awesome and now is not as great. This is the danger because because Bruckheimer, for the most part, is great. Like, his films are, are great. But this is the danger of him being so big that they just continue to add and add and add. And that's how you get to two and a half <laughs> hours of Armageddon. Which, which, by the way, could cannot hold, in my opinion, a candle to Independence Day. This, which is great. Yeah, they're they're actually kind of kind of similar in that they're like you're you're fending off in the case of yeah. Independence Day aliens, but in this case, like an asteroid, you're fending off invaders from space. One's an inanimate object; the other are aliens. I think my main takeaway is that this movie just puts a stamp on everything excess from the 90s like it was just all the possible bells and whistles and tricks and whatever tools you had at your disposal as a movie maker in 1998 it was like yes let's budget to use all of them and every last shred of it yeah it's and and Bruckheimer movies are famous for having just quick cuts all the time like if you go back and watch it through that lens you'll notice that almost every single shot is like three seconds or less or, or even, like, one or two seconds. It's just boom, 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 boom. Even if it's just, like, back and forth and different angles. And so you get done with this after two and a half hours, and you literally need to, like, lay down because it's just stimulation overload. <laughs> uh, and I got a million other thoughts that I want to say for some of the other categories. So, Declan, what was your main takeaway from this movie? I mean, amazing cast. Honestly, a great cast. Like, an a, 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 a all-star cast. I was really excited about that. I I think that's what made me very interested in the movie. It means Buscemi. I love Steve Buscemi. He plays yeah. the same character in every, every movie. Every film. But he's marvelous. Every film. He has, he has mastered. He kills it every time. It's like a 25-year career just playing the same weirdo in every yeah. single movie, right? Yeah. Smart, weird, 
Sexual deviant. Um, <laughs> yes. That's what he is. That's, that is what he is. Criminal. Yep. Uh, but it, I think it hits, I know it's long, but it hits on everything we're looking for. It's got over-the-top special effects, ridiculous plot line, like the most, abs- one of the most absurd plot lines I have ever heard. Hey, an asteroid, an asteroid's coming to Earth that's the size of Texas, going to wipe out civilization like the dinosaurs did. What do we do? Oh, uh, my instant thought, uh, deep, deep oil driggers. Deep oil diggers, we're going to get them. Actually, their first thought was, what if we put, like, a net up in space and caught the asteroid? Yeah. Which probably makes more sense. It makes no, that, that <laughs> The net probably makes more sense Build than a wall. the deep oil diggers trying to go in and dig through it. But it, it has ridiculous over the uh, uh, special effects that are over the top. I cried. I totally cried at the end. What? I totally you cried. did? I cried. Oh, my I God. Let's see if we can get Declan to cry again here. Miss Tamper, Colonel Willie Sharp, United I- States Air Force, man. Requesting permission to shake the hand of the daughter of the bravest man I've ever met. I just got chills. I just got chills. By the way, I, got, oh. I, I cried at the father and lived Tyler Bruce Willis goodbye scene. I cried oh, at that scene. When he gets on yeah. at Nassau and is allowed to give a long dissertation, maybe I'm, I'm not coming home. Did you know that uh, production notes, so Bruce Willis was actually in the filming of that scene, was looking down at pictures of his own daughter so that he could squeeze out some actual tears. Oh, no. Oh, wow, no. That's cool. It's good to know. But yeah, I, I cried. I, I, I enjoyed this movie is what I, I will say. I'll say in my ranking, but I enjoyed it. I know it's long, but I enjoyed it. All right, Joe, what was your favorite thing about Armageddon? Seeing which which mega stars they were going to kill. Almost all of them. So for a second, I for a second, I almost, almost I bought into the fact Affleck might be dead because there were like three times where he had to be dead there were like at least three times <laughs> yeah. where he suffered what had to be considered a catastrophic injury um but i actually enjoyed following along and seeing which which stars they decided okay we gotta kill and i i don't i don't count bruce at the end because he goes out as the uh Hero of the film, obviously, and it's and it's towards the it's at the very end, and then you know. But I was curious who got to come back to Earth, who didn't. So my actual favorite part was was like a bingo card tracking who was going to live and who was going to die. (laughs) That was my favorite part. Owen Wilson. The minute you saw him on camera, you're like, that guy's totally dying first, right? 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So, all right. My favorite thing about this movie was is what Declan brought up. It's the dodgy premise. Yeah. It's so like it's so far and beyond and ridiculous. Just go back to speed for a second because you guys took issue with my issue with speed that like you got to keep the bus over 50 miles an hour or 55 or whatever. Don't you you rip up speed again. And it was like. They thought it was realistic that you could drive a bus that fast, like off exits and stuff. And they were trying to make it realistic. This was just like they blew past the realistic stop sign mm-hmm. shamelessly. And um, and I've got a quote here I found off of some website where. Uh, so I'll just read this to you guys. Even Ben Affleck didn't think the storyline was actually believable. And during the DVD commentary, he revealed what happened when he asked director Michael Bay a particular question about the plot. Quote, I asked Michael, why is it easier to train oil drillers to become astronauts than it was to train astronauts to become oil drillers, Affleck said. And he told me to shut the bleep up. And that was the end of that talk. (laughs) Ben Affleck asking questions, wants answers. Ben Affleck. So they've got they have 18 days 
until the asteroid hits Earth and destroys all life forms, including bacteria, right? And their only plan, as Declan said off the top, is to drill a hole in it on the fly and jam a nuclear bomb onto the inside of this six-mile radius asteroid. And and they're they're 100% sure that that's going to work if they can do it. But they're also 100% sure that if you just shoot nuclear bombs at or missiles at the asteroid, that that will for sure not work and it will still kill everybody. It'll hit Earth. How can they be so sure about either one of those <laughs> yes. things? Shut the bleep up. <laughs> what are you talking about? And then, okay, and then. I'm with Michael Bannon. Don't, don't question this. So then they're like 95% of the way. Like they've sent, they've trained these oil drillers to be astronauts and they've sent them up into space and they've landed on the asteroid and they've started drilling. They've actually started drilling. They're like 150 feet in. And the president from however many you know miles away yep. pulls the plug on the mission. Yeah. Pulls the plug on the mission. Like, wait a second. We just trained oil drillers to be astronauts, sent them onto the face of an asteroid with a drill bit, and they're like 25% of the way done. And the president's like, nope. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Pull everything out. And you know what? <laughs> a major flaw, in my opinion, in the casting and execution of this film was the lack of the president. Really being in the film, yeah. We need a Bill Pullman. Well, Bill Pullman. We need a Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman, as 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 silly as the fact that he actually then flies a mission and like blows up the uh, the aliens in Independence Day. Bill Pullman's great in that film, right? Yeah. Like you needed you needed the president to be not the forefront of this film, but to be involved. But this was like a cowardly president, right? Yeah. He, or like an, it was like I know, an but I need a pre- president. But I need a president. Yeah. I actually like General Kimsey more than I like the president. Keith David. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I he like was him good. way more. He was But awesome. I want the president like to have a role. To what extent, off of this, to what extent after watching this, do you guys fear a massive yeah. Earth-ending meteor colliding I, with I, Earth? I wrote down, would I rather die from a natural disaster like this or from COVID? I literally wrote that down in my notes. Like, would I rather be killed by, like, a global pandemic or from a asteroid? And I honestly might I might take the asteroid. It's asteroid if you don't know. Yeah. I would I would rather I would rather just, like, have That's an asteroid hit us and we all die. That's yeah. another thing that we have, have to talk about. But if you tell me with, like, two weeks advance notice, there's going to be an One asteroid. These, yeah. You can't just, like, go to Canada. <laughs> Everyone's going to die. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'd probably still choose that because I don't want to have like lung problems for two weeks and then die. Sure. But didn't the notes on, on this say that, that the biggest asteroid that, that could actually hit Earth is like three miles or four? It, it's like w- right. way smaller <laughs> than the state of Texas. Okay. So I think that the fact was that they also completely made up what the size of an asteroid could possibly be. Well, according to stardate.org, the chances of something like this, even on a smaller scale, happening in our lifetimes. So I'm going to read you this number. Okay. My first thought was like, okay, that's that's like, there's definitely not a good chance of it happening, but I was kind of hoping the number would be even bigger. It's one in 10,000. There's a one in 10,000 chance Somebody hitting Earth. that in our lifetimes, a big asteroid would hit Earth. And like one in 10,000... You're probably fine, right? But it's also like that's it's like half of an arena. Yeah, ten thousand you know, to one. I don't yeah, buy that. It says over thousands or millions of years, major impacts become pretty likely. Aging craters on Earth's surface prove that large objects have hit Earth in the past, and there's no reason to think that this won't continue at some point 
into the future. Now, there was a story at some point that NASA used this movie in their training process not to show, like, all right, here's how you become an astronaut, but to show uh, they would show the video to see if the aspiring astronauts could pick out the 160-plus scientific flaws in the movie. But then there was another conflicting report in in my uh, Wikipedia research (laughs) that said that that didn't actually happen. But um, it would be hilarious if it did. Can you imagine forcing astronauts in training to sit down for two and a half hours and watch this thing, trying to pick (laughs) out the 300 flaws? Oh, it's amazing. Declan, what was your favorite part of this movie? Uh, To the surprise of no one, Liv Tyler. I love Liv Tyler. She had a run there, man. She had a run. She's only 21, I think, in this movie. I did the math. Um, There's a scene, and at first I wanted to jump out of my two-story balcony window when I was first watching this, and then I had an epiphany. So it's the scene where right before they're doing the launch and her and Affleck are having like a little picnic and it's like the post pillow talk thing and like there's an animal cracker involved and Affleck's like pretending to be an animal cracker on her body. And at first I'm like, man, this is some painful, horrible acting. That's that's your dream now. Hold on. Hold on. I'll get there. And at first I was very, I was very upset and confused by it. And I was like, this is some awful acting. And then I had an epiphany of, I would give my life savings to be that animal cracker. So <laughs> I, I completely understood. Well, you're, you're right where about it was going. both things, Dex. Yeah. Like it was. In fact, we should discuss the career arc of one Benjamin Affleck. Because this was at, this was at the point where that man could not act his way out of a paper bag. But he's become, I think, a he's great become actor. good. He's become, he's become good. good. But but Goodwill Hunting, which he wrote with Damon, in which Damon is just phenomenal. Affleck's good because he plays this dumb friend. So he's like, fine. That was the year before this came out. And it's a great film. It launched him into this movie. And Damon is outstanding. Like, he's great. And and I I believe the two of those guys wrote the film together, and so they both deserve credit. And and then he did, um, what's the one that he did, I think, where they're the devil as well with Damon? He, He did a bunch of, or he did small projects that were actually good films that I think were successful. But as far as big budget actual acting, he could not act. My contention about Ben Affleck was the first film that I saw him and said, whoa, something's changed, was The Town. I think in The Town, he's brilliant. The I Town think is a great movie. I think he's really, really good. But this was at the point where he took roles, and my God, was he bad. I'm just going through his his IMDb here. I'm going to pick out – I haven't heard of all these movies. At one point, he was doing like four or five movies a year, Yeah, and I haven't heard of all these. But he went Goodwill Hunting, Shakespeare in Love, Armageddon. There's a few I've never heard. Dogma, and there's a couple other Dogma's, ones. Good. Dogma's great. That, mm-hmm. That's yeah. the, the film that I'm talking about with Matt Damon. Boiler Room. Boiler Room is good, but not because of Ben Pearl Affleck. Harbor's awful. I'm sorry. Pearl Harbor 2001. Never saw it. has a very similar feel to yeah, this movie. It does. It's pretty much Where the same it's like, thing. you know, you're kind of, you're, although, like, it's it's based on a true story because it's based on the Pearl Harbor attacks. Right. But, uh, but Pearl Harbor. <laughs> At least it's plausible. Actually, like, I went on a high school date with a LOL. girl to see Pearl Harbor. Not the best choice. How long is Pearl Harbor? Uh, it's probably it's got to be over. Oh, two it's like hours. three. It's it's three hours three minutes. Because I remember. Are you we, serious? Yes, I remember this was. <laughs> what one were of, you thinking, this, Bill? This was one of the, like the first films like on DVDs oh where they sort of split it up into two discs because That's like right. it was in the early parts of the DVDs. It's three hours three minutes. When's Whoa. the last time we like we don't get three hour movies anymore? I no. feel like uh, like Avenger. I think one of the Marvel movies was like one of the last ones. Oh. Changing lanes. Never. 
Oh. Geely was panned widely oh, in 2003. Was, yes, that Jennifer was. Jennifer Lopez. Daredevil. He Jersey was daredevil. girl. All right. Then Damn he sta- starts to pick it up a little bit here. Well, Smoke and Aces in 06. Gone, baby, gone. Uh, but you're right. Movie. 2010, The Town. The Town. I think that's when the tone changed with him. Yeah. Really good movie. And then he was in another great movie two years later, Argo, if you guys I have saw seen that. I saw that, and he's really good in that. Yes. Gone Girl that's in 2014 phenomenal. is incredible. Yes. And then there's a few other I ones I think it changed. Here. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if he got lessons. He or... wasn't a good Batman. I'll tell you that much. He was not a good Batman. He yeah. he, he was one. He was he the Batman to, after Bale. But. So I, I thought his biggest problem in a lot of the films like this was the fact that he thought he had to act a lot, like he was acting. Well, he wasn't I Ben love... Affleck yet. Now he can just kind of be Ben Affleck, yes. right? Right. Yeah, but yeah. but like if he he was in big budget films back then, you know, it, it was lines like. I love you. It's <laughs> yeah, like he was, he's a yeah, goofy, just, goofy guy. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Liv Tyler movie is a movie called The Strangers from 2008. Oh, yeah. It's a horror movie. It's terrifying. That thing you do is that easily thing my, my, my favorite. I love her in that. She's also in Lord of the Rings. And she has great lines in that. Yep. Great lines. I only watch her movies for the for the great lines. Oh, that, yeah. that thing you, you do is Probably my favorite Tom Hanks venture. Yeah, and it's a great it one. is really? fantastic. Oh, it's a great, it's a really a great movie. movie. It's like, so well done. Wow, that, I feel like I to say it. that that's your favorite Tom Hanks venture is hot take. I think it is my worthy. no. I think it is my favorite. He's a supplemental character. He's kind of like a supplemental. No, no, character but but he like directed but it, and that's yeah. his film. Yeah, that's totally his film. Right. Oh man. Police are circling, man. Forrest Gump. For, so Forrest Gump is way too long. Forrest Gump is overrated. It is Field of Dreams too. If to it's me. over 120 minutes, Zolgad is not. It's honest Dude. to God. Forrest Gump, cut some of the scenes Dude, out. Tom Hanks once did a two-hour movie with a volleyball. Okay, like, I, I know, and you know what? Not my favorite Tom <laughs> Hanks venture. That thing you do is the perfect film about a band. It's great. I love it. Tom Hanks is. Tom Hanks' films that, that he won Oscars for are all too long, and I could have cut them down myself. If Tom Hanks would have been in Armageddon, what role would he have played? Uh, probably probably Billy Bob or Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah no, like, like a more no I, think Billy Bob. I think Billy Bob. Yeah, a more I thoughtful think Billy version Bob. of Billy Bob. Yeah. Yep. yeah. In, no. in, fact, in fact, the one person who was missing from this film that actually shocked me, because at that time it would have fit in perfect, Kevin Costner. I thought you were going to say Will Smith. Well, that well that that too. But Kevin Costner to me would have fit in somewhere in this film yeah. perfectly. What was your least favorite part of Armageddon? Okay, all right. Hold on a second. I've got two pages. How much of notes. time do we have? Like? I got two pages. Of notes. This is going to go two hours and thirty three minutes, just like you forced me to watch this film. Okay, my least favorite part is this, and I'll, I'll just read off my script. So let me get this straight. At the start of the film, they kill the astronauts in space, which is fine. But then they also have the asteroid fragmenting and breaking up, and they blow up a good portion of New York, Manhattan, right? Which was very, the very world, creepy. The World Trade yeah. Center scene is creepy, okay? It is, it is freaky. And yet, well into the film, well into it, I think until Paris gets hit, the impending doom of the situation remains as Nassau says, classified. So let me get this one straight. New York is basically blown to smithereens, all right? And yet we get well into the film, and it's like people don't don't know yet. They don't know. Wouldn't you figure out 
when the evening news comes on and Manhattan's in tatters, something that happening. something might have happened. Yeah. Like if you live in Chicago, wouldn't <laughs> you be like, oh, oh, you know what? No problem. It's just New York. <laughs> it is kind of hilarious. Yeah. And then you see you see these like people celebrating throughout the cities and stuff. It's like, I don't know. I feel like the vibe wouldn't be quite as joyous during right. these three weeks. But the end where they get, get back w- without basically half the crew. Yeah. And they're like, uh, let me shake the hand of the bravest guy I knew who just got blown to smithereens by a so, nuclear. So my least I'm going to I'm going to piggyback off you because my least favorite part is actually the irresponsible media coverage of what's happening. Did you catch the part where where so at one point during the movie, um, Billy, I think it was Billy Bob said there are nine satellites in the world that could see what is about to happen. And we own eight. Yep. And so I don't know what the ninth one was, if it was Russian or something, but or North Korean or w- whatever. But like his his thought was. We're going to try and keep this quiet as long as possible. But at some point, news is going to leak out that, like, there's a huge asteroid and it's going to kill everybody. And so when 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 the end is in question, we get this shot of, like, all the major cities and we get a radio news guy or a TV news guy. And I wrote down the quote of the TV news guy here. Now, Judd Zolgad and I both went to journalism school. Uh, did you go to journalism school at St. Cloud? Yeah, they, they have journalism school. So we are all highly professional yeah. trained journalists here in this room, okay? Yep. I'm going to read you the transcript. Now, mind you, this is a world-ending event that you are reporting on here, okay? <laughs> and this is verbatim what the, I would assume, national uh, radio update guy is telling the world. Quote, we're getting sketchy information that the mission has suffered a massive failure. What we're trying to do right now is confirm that and figure out what that means. We're getting leaks from NASA officials that the drilling was unsuccessful. All right. This isn't the scoop with Doogie where he can just flood out like, listen, all right, I talked to I'm here. I talked to a guy, but, Sources, it, you know, tell me. but I'm going to float this anyways because it's you new. Know, it's not like world ending news if I'm wrong on this. No, this is. This is world ending. And this reporter is saying we're getting sketchy in for quotes. We're yeah. getting sketchy information that the mission has suffered a massive failure. So it's like Fox News, man. We're checking on it. Fox News. <laughs> And next up, Tucker Carlson tells you if the world's going to end or not, that's straight ahead. So the, the irresponsible media is what bothered me the most. My least favorite I part can't believe story. you picked on the media. <laughs> I just love the fact New York is obliterated and pe- people are like, ah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Who knows? Perhaps it's not going to be a problem is here that, in Montana. Is that hail? All right, Declan, your least favorite uh, part of this movie. Uh, how... The fact when they when they do the slingshot around the moon, which I'm fine with, that part I'm okay with, <laughs> even though it seems pretty much impossible, but all right, it's fine, it's space. I don't know anything about space. But when they finally land the two, like one plane lands, pretty much unhinged, no problem on the asteroid. The other one completely misses the mark, wasn't even close. Everyone almost dies except for two. And I just thought it was ridiculous how one lands like completely fine and the other one, they all basically almost die. But for, like what? Four of the six die, I think, on that, on that, on the, on the Independence one, whatever the. Wasn't the it all was. of them died? Didn't all of them die? No, because no, Affleck and Duncan survived. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's and right. Owen okay. Wilson died, and, the, and, the, the, and the two pilots died. That's right. They got Rolled blown them. out the and window. They, yeah, and they rode their little. Yeah, but they were fine. Yeah, and then but the rest of them were fine. And then part two of uh, the the actor almost turning rogue, wanting to blow up. Like, no, I I have orders to blow up the nuke. He's gonna do it. And then all of a sudden, he just turns like, yeah, actually, let's stop it. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, yeah. let's go. You're totally right. Yeah, no, you're totally right. He just like flip flops like four times. He's got the gun. I love the gun. Where like just in case something went 
really wrong, right. we're going to have a gun in space. Also, didn't they? So he's got the gun in space. But like after that interaction, and he and he stands down, and the nuclear bomb gets turned off. Bruce Willis clocks him upside the head with that wrench, right? Yeah, yeah but he's not knocked out. And then like he's later fine. on, he's just like back with the crew. He's fine. He's like, ah, no problem at all. It's all good. So if if you took a gun to space and shot a guy or tried to, would the physics work the same way that they work I, I don't on think Earth? So. Let me just Google, do guns work well, in space? Even, um, like, if I shot a gun on the moon, I got to think that the bullet's trajectory might be, and I, I'm no scientist, but I got to think that it might be altered. And someone says to you, like, well, what are you doing there with a gun in space? You know, like, I even like the goofiness of the hey, whole thing. Hey, why, why do you, hey, yeah. you're somebody saying, why do you have a gun in space? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so livescience.com, what would happen if you shot a gun in space? <laughs> Love it. Thank Fires you. can't burn in the oxygen-free vacuum of space, but gun. Now, this might be like there. There might be a difference between firing a gun as you're floating in space versus firing a gun in a spaceship that has some sort of like right. But I think you would have had to take it out. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. Maybe right. someday no. we'll go to space and. No, I have no interest. No, in going I have no space. interest. I don't like space. I have really? No interest. Space, yeah. space if I was in that room and Bruce was like, "Who's in?" Like, yeah, I'm out. Like, I'll just take the death. That's I'm not going to space. Oh yeah, I'd I don't do like, space. Yeah. I don't well, do, even, so you're saying that if given, actually, this is another question. Yeah. Let's say you were an expert oil driller, sure. like just like no. these guys. Yep. No, no, I'm and you were told the world ends in 18 days, and this is our only plan, and you are the only people that can help us with this. You're saying you don't go. I don't go. Oh, hell no. I'm out. You guys let the world explode. Yes. I'm Cowards. an oil driller. I'm an oil driller. Cowards. Why are you? I, no, I'd say it's your job. Far- you're NASA. You find, you go. I've been called far worse. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what types of things would you guys request? So there's, they have oh, these lists of like, all right, we'll totally do this. But uh, my guy needs some parking tickets to be uh, wiped off of his record. This guy needs a couple of women to be made U.S. citizens. <laughs> Shocking. Right? Yeah, like, what are the shaming. things that you guys would want if mm. before you said yes to this? Nothing for me because I ain't going. I'm um, walking. I'm not even going to Nassau to get to hear the pitch. But you're gonna die either way. Yeah, you know what? I'd rather die in my bed than die in space. What's the difference? You're going What's to die difference? either way. What's the difference? The difference is this: accepting your fate. Or dying in some grisly fashion no, con- in outer space. But controlling your... You have a chance to control your face. I got no shot. <laughs> okay. I've got no shot up there. They didn't either. I, but the fact that Ben Affleck didn't die four times is... Ugh. I'd probably ask for, like, twin season tickets if I could hope. <laughs> twin season tickets? That's exactly You ain't ever going to see a twins game again, boy. That's fine. Well, no, that, I mean, the idea is if you, if you, if you succeed, you're going to want, you're gonna want yeah. something, right? Yeah. Um, all right, next question on our list here. What was the least believable thing about Armageddon? Oh, Christ, you guys threw them all out. No, there's a couple more. Okay, go. go. Right. One minute until a nuclear bomb goes off. Okay, you guys remember that part where the, the yeah, bomb yeah. turns back on, yeah. and there's like a minute 30 left, and Bruce Willis is sitting there giving inspirational speeches like, I will make 800 feet. I swear to God I will. And he's talking about his daughter, and they keep showing the clock, and Will Patton keeps giving updates. One minute, we will make 800 feet. I swear to God, 42 seconds. And they're just, like, having this argument about, like, I don't even think it was an argument. I think they had decided that they're going to go through with this. They're going to shut the nuclear bomb off from the the local site. Mm -hmm. But Bruce Willis is going through this, like, emotional speech of some kind. 
And they know that, like, once it hits 30 seconds, we'll still totally have enough time to shut this nuclear bomb off very calmly mm-hmm. and level-headedly with the world's existence on the line. So in a movie full of unbelievable things, I thought that was quite ridiculous. So my, mine is that the second shuttle, which crashes, and all but two were dead, okay? Yep. So Affleck and his buddy who lived get in with, oh, with, by the way, the most stereotypical <laughs> Russian character I have ever oh, seen yeah. in my life. He's got the accent. It's like he's drunk. Welcome he, to the Russian space station. He is, he is nothing. <laughs> I'm so, saving okay. your American asses. So this this is another one where they've got a budget and an unlimited amount of time, okay? And somebody said, you know what we need? We need some comic relief in space. Yeah, let's do a Russian space. Because landing, having to land a refuel was like the, it's like, oh. Okay, whatever. And then he is the most stereotypical drunk Russian totally. boob of all time. But so it's it's Affleck's character, Russian, and the third guy. And they're in what? Like a space rover driller of some sort? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've like landed in a different part of the asteroid and they like fly it. Yeah. And they like they jump over some sort of cliff. Yeah. Yeah. And and they jump the cliff and they're in space, but then they land back on the asteroid and they and they somehow locate their long lost friends. Um, I mean, they had a GPS, didn't they? Exactly. Again, (laughs) Google Maps. Again. Not only should they all have been dead, but but the fact that they just happened. They they had printed out MapQuest directions. The fact that they just happened to find their buddies and and, and that the the driller does not get ruined. It's preserved so that they can use that for drilling. They they literally, by that point, did not care. They're like, like, it looks good. That's all we care about. Um, That, to me, was the most unbelievable part. Dex, what was your least believable part of this movie? Just the fact that they came up really quickly that oil diggers are going to be the people to blow up this asteroid. (laughs) Just like how quickly that was assumed. I just like it was five minutes into the film. We had the introduction of the of the dinosaurs and here here, Manhattan gets destroyed. And then it's just like it honestly is instantaneous uh, oil diggers. It was just like there wasn't any type of like. If I, I know Judd doesn't like drawn out scenes, they could have spent fifteen to twenty minutes or a quick little montage of figuring out some type of other people to do this, and instantaneously they knew it. They knew it was deep sea. Like they, this should have been their fallback plan. They yes. should have had like an amazing plan A, and yes. then something bad happened to that, and it's like, oh my god, we have to go to our plan B. It's these guys. That it. That I would have got it. <laughs> uh, actually, I have another least favorite thing or, or uh, least uh, believable thing. So Aerosmith was the the musical star of this movie and, yep. and and well I mean and Liv Tyler Steven Tyler's daughter lead singer of Aerosmith. Mm. So would you believe Aerosmith the Dream On came out in 1973 one of their most popular songs ever. Yep. So Aerosmith had been around for over 25 years. I think they might have even been Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by this point when you get to the late 90s. Sure. Don't want to miss a thing was their only ever number 1 single in the United States. Really? That's yes. insane. Uh Dream On the reissue of Dream On in 1975 made it to six. Now this isn't the rock chart. This is the this is the U.S. top 100 charts. Okay, right? Yeah. Uh, Angel in 1988 was third. Loving an song. elevator. That's Janie's a got a gun. We're top five. Yeah, it's a good song too. Uh, what it takes was top ten, and then I don't want to miss a thing was number one. Which, by the great. way, was not their best song. There's well, a lot of bit better. Aerosmith songs in that one. I agree with that, but it was the most mainstream song hey, they ever did. Quickly, of all the crew members, which one was the least likely to go up there in space? 
of all the, the guy that guys. the guy that dies drilling the first time the big guy oh the big guy yeah he's sort of fat yeah max i think yeah and he and he died that that guy ain't going i feel like michael clark duncan because he showed some fear in the initial stages too yeah I love how too a Steve Buscemi was just a secret genius. Yeah, I went to MIT. You know, like he <laughs> No, but he would go. Like that's yeah. the type of guy and who he, wouldn't and care. I love He'd how go. he knew that they overshot the landing by seven miles I'm a without ever being to space. I'm, I'm a genius. genius. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when when um at the the start where they identify the the uh, drilling crew, and they go find Bruce on his his boat thing that he is drilling on, and the government guy gets off the copter. And says, I need you to get on the copter. No, it's chopper. Or chopper. No, chopper. No questions asked. No questions asked. And this guy who supposedly is like really, really a hard ass, right? He's, and he's like really a defiant at times. He basically just says, yeah, I'll go. It is kind of weird. When it's like, like no, you're not asking. Up. It's top secret. Can't tell you right now. I feel like there's got to be more of a discussion in that situation. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think that Bruce is going to just be like, oh, yeah, you know what? No problem. I will leave my, what I apparently think is like a a really high-paying head of this company job to go in the chopper. Well, I think when the U.S. government comes, I think you entertain it. Well, you do. I, you, I don't think you have a choice. You do, but I don't think that you just, I don't think that you're just told, no questions asked. Get on the chopper. And yeah, they would, like, they would hey, no problem at all. They would say, is there an office we can talk in before we get on the chopper? Okay, no problem. Yep, let's go. Production facts for you guys. Director Michael Bay wasn't thrilled by how Ben Affleck's teeth looked on camera. Yeah. So he decided to pay for the actor to get a new set of teeth. There's plenty of close-up te- uh, teeth shots of Ben Affleck, and there's just pearly whites. Affleck had to spend eight hours a day for a full week sitting in a dentist chair to get his new pearly whites at a cost of $20,000. And I assume that was part of the film budget. Also, in an interview with the Miami Herald, Michael Bay apparently apologized for Armageddon. The journalist alleged that Bay said, quote, I'll apologize for Armageddon because we had to do the whole movie in 16 weeks. It was a massive undertaking, and that wasn't fair to the movie. I would redo the entire third act if I could, but the studio literally took the movie away from us. It was terrible. My visual effects supervisor had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> That's my favorite. So I had to be in charge of that. I called James Cameron and asked, what do you do when you're when you're doing all the effects yourself? But the movie did fine. Uh, and then he later walked it back and said, uh, the journalist quoted me out of context. I love Armageddon. Yeah, he, he was probably drunk when he talked to the journalist. Scientific accuracy. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Michael Bay admitted that the film's central premise that NASA could actually do something in a situation like this was indeed unrealistic. However, the largest potentially known hazardous asteroid, uh, which is only seven kilometers in diameter, additionally near the end of the credits, there is a disclaimer saying the National Aeronautics and Space Administration's cooperation and assistance does not reflect an endorsement of the contents (laughs) of the film or the treatment of the characters depicted therein. So a mathematical analysis of the situation found that uh, Bruce Willis's approach for it to be effective, he would need to be in possession of an H-bomb a billion times stronger than the Soviet Union's Big Ivan, which is the biggest ever detonated on Earth. So they needed a bigger bomb if this was to be realistic. And I, I would have to think, too, that if you did that and, and the H-bomb was as powerful as it would need to be, that the asteroid might miss Earth, but there would certainly be some effect on Earth from from an H-bomb of that significance exploding in space. Yes. Yep. Like, right, you wouldn't boys. be like, hey, yeah, it's, it's Wednesday. We're all fine. <laughs>
So now we get to the definitive bad guy rankings, and uh, I think this might be our first inanimate object on the bad guy rankings. The asteroid from Armageddon is the bad guy in this movie. I was rooting for him by the end. Were you really? You just wanted the whole world to be wiped out. Yeah, why not? All right. It's not. I'm, I mean, come on. Paris gone. Shanghai gone. New York gone. Lambeau Field gone. Uh, Hans Gruber from Die Hard is number one on our list so far of all the movies we've reviewed. Michael Myers from Halloween, Cyrus the Byers from Con Air, Brad Wesley from Roadhouse, and Cobra Kai from Karate Kid are in the top five. Uh, at the bottom of the list, the worst ones that we have reviewed so far, the incompetent Russian military from Rambo 3, the muggers from Death Wish, the French drug lord from Bad Boys, Gans and Billy Bear from 48 Hours, and Cullen the ponytailed creepo from kindergarten cop in the bottom five. God, he was terrible. I'm going to make a case for the asteroid to not be in the bottom five. Oh, I feel like the asteroid was a better actor than the guy who played Cullen in oh, kindergarten it, cop. Oh, the asteroid so was far superior. Alone, okay, fine. I have to put also, it above. It did Cullen. wipe out Paris, Southeast Asia and a good chunk of Manhattan. Yes. It did some damage. And so, nobody really questioned it until it wiped out Paris. And that's pretty iconic. If you wiped out literally three pretty, Big chunks of the world. So where would it rank? Where would the asteroid fall? I, I think out of principle, just because of how bad that actor was in Kindergarten Cop, the asteroid's got to be above Cullen from Kindergarten Cop. Oh, I'm Cop. fine with Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And who's above Cullen? Parrot from Tango and Cash or Perrette from Tango and Cash. He was pretty easy. Sloan from Wanted. I mean, that's Morgan Freeman. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we can put the asteroid above no, Morgan fine. Freeman. I'm fine that's with fine. where you're putting yep, that's the good. asteroid. That's good. I was just curious. Okay, so the asteroid Cullen. avoids the bottom five in our... God, that guy could not act. Rankings here. It's pretty bad. All right, now we get to our overall ranking system here. So Die Hard and Halloween are the only perfect 10 scores that we have given out. Way to go, Bruce. Taken, John Wick, Commando, Beverly Hills Cop, Fast and the Furious, The Expendables, Top Gun, and Roadhouse round out the top 10 for us. The worst movies we have reviewed in order from the bottom up are Kindergarten Cop, Shoot 'Em Up, Bloodsport, Mad Max 2, Wanted, Rambo, Tango and Cash, and Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. Those are all below a five for us. So we'll start with Judd Zolgad. One through ten, what are you giving Armageddon for a score here? Um, the silliness of it actually helps it. The length hurts it. There was too, way too much. I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Oh, wow. I thought you'd have it lower. I thought you'd have it lower. It, the way you talked about it, I, I thought you'd have it was like way a three too or a four. Lo- it was way too long, but the star power okay. was really high. That's good to know. The star power, I, I don't think that there was one actor that I couldn't stand. Okay. Right? Yeah. Ushemi's unbelievable. Yeah. Bruce is great. Bruce is Bruce. Liv Tyler. Nobody, nobody but nobody in the 90s pouted like her. Every film that she was in back then. You're preaching to the choir here. With those big lips. Yes. No one could pout like Liv could pout. She also put the NASA head guy in an arm bar at yeah, one awesome. point, which I feel like was a little bit unrealistic. I was in a moment it. of crisis, like, who's this rando? <laughs> that's your unrealistic. I was now, you've done, now you've gone, <laughs> yeah, too, now far. You've gone too far. Now you've gone too far. <laughs> I was this would it. never happen. It was fine. All right, Dex. Six for Judd. I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to give it a seven. Um, I think, I don't know. I, it did drag a little bit. Like the last hour is just great action and everything, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know that we needed like 90 minutes to set up the last hour. No, so. you did, no, you're right. You did. So not. it just like, it dragged a little bit and um, I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah. I remember halfway, like, cause I always take, I pause the movie for timestamps for audio clips and stuff. And I remember once when they finally got in the air, I'm like, how much left of this movie? And it was exactly halfway through. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, we're halfway through. <laughs> I told um, you. <laughs> 
I, I give this a solid seven. I give it a solid seven too. I, I think it has ridiculous over the tack, uh, over the top action. The special effects are absurd. The crew is awesome. Liv Tyler's a babe, so it's a seven for me. It's a total seven. And that makes it a six point seven composite rating for us, which puts it in a tie with Out for Justice, just behind True Lies, Speed, and Karate Kid, and ahead okay. of Con Air, The Rock, and Death Wish. I think so. that's very fair. So right, kind of, we're kind of right in the middle for by, us. By the way, remember I told you off mic. I thought everyone died. I thought that was movie. That was Deep Impact, Deep Impact, oh, which is pretty much the same uh, film. Spoiler alert! Just and they all die. Everyone dies. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so you got that confused with? I thought I okay. was convinced till everyone was throughout okay, the entire what? film. I thought people, everyone dies you know in this movie. Here's here's a storyline that could have been eliminated easily, like easily. The guy who has a son who doesn't know who his daddy is. And then he goes and sees the mom and yeah. the son says, mommy, who's that? And she goes, a salesman. And then <laughs> and then she sees him walking to the shuttle and says, actually, that's your dad. And then they come back and they're on the tarmac. Yeah, and they're making out. Like, fine. I don't need them. Yeah, that's fine. Like, I, I don't need any of that. I don't care. That the, I don't care about the kid. And I sure don't care about and like that character. I, just kill him. Yeah. Boys, what are we doing next week here? So we got to put some nominations up okay. for next week's, and then we'll put it up for vote. I'm going to go through. Um, there's a bunch of listener submissions here. I'm going to put "Once Upon a Time in Mexico" up Ooh. from listener Rick. Okay, like how that. long is that for listeners? I think it's long. I've got to look at. Is time. it long? I think it's long. We we need to it's look Tarantino, at Tarantino, right? I mean, is it Tarantino? I've never. I swear to God, I've never seen it. It's a listener submission. "Once Upon a Time in Mexico." Uh, it's Robert Rodriguez. Excuse me. Okay, so it's a uh, yeah, two thousand three, and the runtime is one hour forty two. Actually, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'll go. Yeah, John Wick two. Nice. We've wow. done John Wick. I want to wow. do John Wick two. I like John Wick a lot. So okay. Terminator. Good. All right, original Terminator. Original, yeah, right. yes, yeah, very much the original Terminator. Original Terminator. I'm going Kickboxer. Sarah Connor. Kickboxer. Kickboxer. All right. All right. So Terminator, Kickboxer, John Wick 2, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Jean-Claude Van Damme as a kickboxer. I'm into it. That's all you need to know. (laughs) Are we we going back possibly to... It's very similar to Bloodsport. Very similar to Bloodsport. Which did not fare well on the show. (laughs) Way back when. All right, that's a wrap on Action Movie Rewind. (laughs) It is. It looks the exact same, too. It's amazing. I've been drilling holes in the earth for 30 years, and I have never... Never miss the depth that I have aimed for. And by God, I am not going to miss this one. I will make 800 feet. 42 seconds. But I can't do it alone, Colonel. I need your help. You swear on your daughter's life, on my family's, that you can hit that mark. I will make 800 feet. I swear to God I will. And let's turn this bomb off. (laughs) 